is with you. Father, we ask that you would open the eyes of our heart that we might behold wondrous things in your law. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. So I remember when I was about four years old, uh, my parents lived in Mexico and my dad taught economics at the University of the Americas. And we went back up to North Carolina and came back after the summer and the grass was like this high. I mean, it was amazing. It was crazy. It's just, you know, you don't mow your grass here in Florida. That's tropical weather, right? But Puebla, Mexico is even more tropical. And it was big. Of course, that was my perspective. Uh, Years later, I went back to Puebla, and I went back to that same house, and I discovered that I was a lot taller. And I was no longer four years old, and the grass was maybe that high. And it looked like it was over my head when I was only four years old. But here is the perspective that God wants to give us as we, as we just read what's called the Annunciation, where, where the angel Gabriel appears to Mary and tells her of God's favor, of his grace towards her, and of his grace towards the human race. There's three things that we get out of this passage, at least. You can get more out of it, but here's the three that we're going to glean today. God's bigger than you think. You're smaller than you think. And he loves you more than you could think. Okay, you got that? Ready to go home, right? That's your kid's sermon. No, that's not the kid's sermon for tonight at 5 o'clock. But God is bigger than you could think. Throughout church history, we've always gotten into trouble whenever we try to put God in a little box, when we try to define him, when we try to say a lot about him, that's when we, like, get into a lot of trouble. That's why, you know, in 1 Timothy it says, you know, immortal, invisible, God only wise. By saying what he isn't, we actually know a lot more about who he is. It's when we try to define him that we get to all the problems that we have. In fact, you could even go to like the old Chalcedonian um, definition, which is one of the creeds that we, it's in the back of our, of our prayer book. But it says that God's unconfused, he's changeless, he's indivisible, he's inseparate, he's immortal, he's invisible, he's omnipresent, he's omniscient. So God is so big. And sometimes we, we kind of, I think maybe it's just because we forget or, you know, we think that God's a bit like us. And there's this, this portion in the Old Testament where the people of Israel go to God and they say, you know, can, can we have a king? Can, can we have someone like you? You know, we need a king. And God's like, I am your king. You don't need a human king. You've forgotten who I am. And, and you thought that I was just like you. I mean, I, I'm not like you. The word holiness, right? We, we sang what's called the trishagion. Which, um, interestingly enough, this last Sunday, I was at a funeral uh, for one of the guys from our beach service. So he, he never came to this building at all, but he's always been a member of our beach service. And the caterer was there. He was an Eastern Orthodox guy. And he was saying, oh, so you're a priest. Tell me a little bit about what you do for a living. And, and you know, what, what's the differences between, you know, us Eastern Orthodox and you? And I was like, well, you know, here's one of the things you might recognize that we do. We sing the thrice holy. And he goes, and I was like, and I go, and I, and I just went, and well, you know, I said, holy, and he started singing it in Serbo-Croatian, because that's what you do. He knew the tune. It's a tune we've been singing for 1,700 years. The fact that God is not just holy, and not just holy, holy, he's holy, holy, holy. He's thrice holy. You see, in the Old Testament, whenever it says, like, you know, someone's a king, right? But then you have, like, king of kings and lord of lords. Oh, wait, isn't that Handel's Messiah, right? Whenever you went king of kings, it was like, they didn't have like, we have in English, big, bigger, biggest. In Hebrew, the way you do is you go big, 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 big. 
That's what you do in Hebrew, right? So when it says in, in Isaiah 6, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Heaven and earth is full of his glory. That God is very, very, very different than you and I. That's what holy means. Holy means that God is separate from all that we aren't. And from all that we are, and he's, and, 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 and so if you want to think about this, sometimes we think of holiness as like, ooh, that's what I do during Lent when I give up Coke for Diet Coke, right? <laughs> or you might do that during Advent, right? But that's not what holiness is, right? Holiness is saying no to all that is not from God and saying yes to all that is from God. God is bigger than you could think. So even in the words of this UCF grad, uh, this UCF grad who is now like a, a minor Christian celebrity, as they say. You may not follow any of his music, but if you were on Spotify, you'd probably hear Sean Curran. And he's got this song called, God, You're Bigger Than I Could Think. And then, and then he has this one throwaway line that he wrote when he, was a, when he was a junior there at UCF in Orlando. And he said, so I stop all negotiation with the God of all creation. You see, when, when God's just like you, you can do what Israel did, negotiate like, hey, can we have a king? Hey, can you do things the way that I want? I want to negotiate with you. What can you give me for like uh, an arm and a leg? Oh, no. What, uh, what about for a pinky? So God is bigger than us. And so God shows up to Mary and says, Mary, you're going to have a baby. And then I, look, look there in, in verse 29. It says that she was greatly troubled or she was greatly perplexed is the way that our translation puts it. She was greatly per perplexed. She's like, wait, I'm favored? I'm blessed? I'm holy? I, I don't get that. See, you and I are smaller than we think. You may think that, you like, on a scale of, like, 1 to 10, if you had to put yourself at a 1 to 10 for how good you are, right? And, and I've sometimes done this exercise with people, you know, like, okay, where are you? Like, well, you know, I'm, like, maybe a 4. You know, like, if, like, 10 is, like, if, if 10 is, like, Jesus, and, like, 1 is, like, you know, Hitler, you know, like, Maybe, or like, maybe, maybe, less, maybe 10's not Jesus. Maybe, maybe 10's like Mother Teresa, right? If that's Mother Teresa and that's Hitler, I'm kind of like, you know, maybe I'm a six. I'm a six, right? Think about where you'd place yourself in that zero to 10 scale, right? But if God is holy, not just holy, and not just holy, holy, but holy, 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 we're not talking zero to 10. We're talking like zero to infinity. And the stretch is just too big. And so that actually makes that gap even, makes us even smaller. Like, think about it. Like, we live in, on this little planet, right? This planet Earth that's in a little corner of this little galaxy called the Milky Way, which is in a little corner of a little nebula, which is still in another little corner of this vast thing called the universe. And as far as we know, they're like 13.7 billion light years in the other direction. We still haven't seen the end of the universe. Like, you're living on a little bit of lint in the belly button of the universe. You're pretty small, actually. You, you think you're big stuff? I mean, I remember uh, a couple years ago, my wife had her 20th year reunion at her, um, at her school. Like, we're kind of big here in Deland, you know, about her class, right? We're kind of big here in the universe. We, we human beings, we, we have so much power. We can control what happens on this planet. Yeah, right. I'm not even in control of my own calendar. I think I am. Like, and you know that you're not even in control of your own life. You got your plans. And have you ever read Psalm 2? Like, Psalm 2, there's this paraphrase of it, but have you, have you ever tried to make God laugh? Do you know how you make God laugh? Tell him your plans. <laughs> like, ooh, here's my idea. And they'll be like, yeah, great idea, Pete. We're not going to do that today. <laughs> so you want to make God laugh? Tell him your plans. But so 
really, really, really small. And I love that because Mary actually has that perspective. She knows she's like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not something big. I'm, I'm a young girl called Miriam, Mariam, in, living in Nazareth. Like, I'm, I'm not even from Judea. I'm from up north. And, like, you know, it's the whole thing that people say, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Like, seriously, she's thinking to herself. She, she's got this perspective on herself and she, she realizes that most of us, we think we're actually a lot bigger than, or a lot better than we are. So if we have this perspective that God is bigger than we think, and we're smaller than we think we are, that's what leads to this third point, which is that you're more loved than you think you are. You see, if, if there's only a small little, like, chasm between you and God, like, you're not too small and he's not too big, then that's not a big chasm to gather right? So Christmas actually wouldn't be that big of a, of a thing to wait four weeks for, for Advent. Christmas wouldn't be that big a thing to like even split the calendar in the world in half, right? Think about that, right? B.C. and A.D., if it's just, you know, the coming of another great teacher. But if, if it's a big chasm, if it's the bridging of this big thing, and here's why we are so loved. Because Mary says this, is anything impossible for God? Like, wait, wait, for, for, for almost 1,300 years prior to that, from Mount Sinai, God, God had been telling the people of Israel through Moses, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one God. You shall make no graven images. You'll have no other idols. God is, God is bigger than you. He's holier than you. He could never take human form. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Mary is hearing that God's going to come and make his dwelling among us. He's going to write himself into the story of history. In other words, what she's saying, is, is anything impossible for God? God can write himself into my story? God can write himself into your story? That's impossible. He can't do that. No matter where you are today in this Advent season or in the season of life, I don't know if you need a little bit of that miracle of Advent of God writing himself into your story. God bridging that big gap. Maybe it's Restoring friendships that are broken. Maybe it's restoring the loss of a job or maybe the loss of financial um, freedom. Or it, it could even be something way bigger than that or actually smaller. Because guess what? Sometimes the small stuff is actually where it takes a lot more faith. Um, like looking for world peace, that actually probably is less hard than small changes in your own life, in your own little heart. Alexander Solzhenitsyn, in his Gulag Archipelago, was talking about the, the line dividing good and evil. So the, the line dividing good and evil doesn't divide uh, be, between countries. The line dividing between good and evil passes firmly between the human heart and who's willing to destroy a little piece of their heart. And I remember when I was dating Michelle uh, back in, in England, and, and uh, she was renting this little apartment where she had a, she, she had a washing machine. I was visiting from, from my little small seminary room because she had a better washing machine. I was like, can I wash my clothes there? And um, the washing machine broke, and she's like, I'm going to pray over it. And I'm like, why in the world would you pray over a stupid washing machine? Like, God's got world peace to worry about, right? Like, I mean, I bet you're the type of person that prays for a parking space. <laughs> And then I realized, she goes, and she says, so you think God can't do that? And I thought to myself, 
Is anything impossible for God? Like, sometimes we, our lack of faith isn't like, even in the big stuff, it's in the small stuff. You, you think that God is so big that he doesn't care about your small problems. God is so big, and we're so little, but he still loves us. Like, I, I love the collect for purity that we just prayed, right? Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hidden. In fact, you know what? He knows everything about you already. In fact, you couldn't surprise him. And because you can't surprise him, and the fact that he still loves you, that's what's surprising. The fact that he knows even your deepest and darkest secrets, that you probably even haven't told your most significant other, and God still loves you despite that. I love that. That's why, like, when you think of God's omniscience and God's omnipotence, like, that inspires me to all wonder and worship. Because I'm like, if he knows everything about me and he still loves me, man, there's hope. There's hope. There's hope in my own life. There's hope in your life. There's hope for all of us. Let me just end by reading this poem that's been turned into music written by, uh, he was a rector at Holy Trinity in Philadelphia. Um, but now he, well, it's in Boston, sorry. But he then became a bishop near Philadelphia, uh, Philip Brooks. And he wrote this in, 18, in the 1820s. He says, O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. O come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Is anything impossible with God? No. You, nothing is impossible with God. There's this beautiful line in Jeremiah 13, 23, where the prophet Jeremiah looks at the people of Israel who've been sinning and they've been running away from God and, and God says, look, is anything impossible for me? He says, can a leopard change its spots? And you know the answer to that, right? No, right? But here's what he says. He says, then you also can do good who are accustomed to evil. I mean, I love that, that kind of humor, that kind of Jewish humor that Jeremiah has where he's like, look, you think it's bad? You think you can't do it? Nothing is impossible with God. If God can forgive the worst thing ever, the murder of his own son on a cross, that he can forgive anything as long as we say, sorry, thank you, and please. So, Lord, we are sorry for the things that separate us from God and from neighbor. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to rescue us. Would you please enter into our hearts and be born in us today? Amen.